Who's enforcing charity as a, as a sort of as part of your like lifestyle and conduct? You know what I mean? Mm. I'm trying to get at the core of it. Like, what's that? Okay, it's, that it's, makes it's, that it's, makes it's, sense. It's not as simple as just do good things, right? There's the whole process of thinking behind the do good things. You know what I mean? Because it's more calculated than that, right? Yeah, yeah, true, true. So, like charity, you know, it's like a it's it's a duty in Islam. If you, okay. If you go into it, it's it's a duty on on every Muslim, yeah, to help out uh, other Muslims that are in need. As divided into the obligatory and the the voluntary, because uh, sadaqa it comes from uh, from the root word which means actually truthfulness and and sincerity. Okay. You get what I'm saying. And and zakah, okay, which is the obligatory form of charity, it comes from uh, the word which means to purify and to uh, to purify and to make sincere and to perfect so, so it's actually it's not actually you doing somebody else a favor it's actually the when you give to give sadaqa or zakat to someone they're actually doing you a favor because they just purified your wealth for you so it, uh, zakah is the process of pur- self purification right so in an act of ch- uh, giving right you you sort of cleanse yourself in the process is that what you're saying well yeah indirectly you do cleanse uh, you you do purify yourself in in the sense that you're uh, fulfilling god's commands uh, but what happens is with zakah is that amount that you give purifies all of the other wealth that you have and if you don't give that zakah, then that wealth that you that you have is not pure. You get what I'm saying? Okay, but so zakah, it's like zakah, a, it's like a. Go ahead, go ahead. No, zakah is obligatory, right? Yeah, it is obligatory. And this is done every year. It's done every year. Yeah. Um, it depends on, like, it can happen any time of the year. It depends on when the actual person starts uh, counting his um, his minimum amount that he has. Uh, just to give you an example, most people actually just pay it in Ramadan because it's like uh, the month of charity and max, they prefer to... Max blessings, you know? <laughs> exactly. Everybody gets max blessings. <laughs> exactly. Okay, yeah. Exactly. I mean, and then, uh, so what happens is, like first you have to count all of your your assets, yeah, and right. that's your cash in hand, cash in the bank, cash in your savings account, okay. any um, you know the the value of any stock so, stock that you have in your business, uh, any accounts receivable that you have oh, that wow, people okay. can actually pay. Or any debts that you owe that uh, are that the people who owe you can actually pay, yeah. Okay. But if the 
if the accounts receivable are in dispute or uh, or the debts are in dispute or they're possibly a bad or doubtful debt, then you wouldn't count them. Yeah. Okay. You so you total all this up and then. Yeah, and then you subtract all your expenses and your liabilities. So, like your rent, your uh, um, uh, your uh, you know le any lease payments that you owe, your your food, your wages, all of those expenses, yeah. and any any amounts that you owe to your vendors, and any amounts that you owe in terms of uh, in terms of other debts. Yeah, and okay. that's your net. Amount uh, of you know r income for that particular month or or year. Yeah, and then there's a percentage, yeah. right? You have to take from that. Yeah, yeah, and also it includes um, it includes uh, stuff like jewelry, gold and silver. So even if like these are all the assets. Yeah. So if the women, even if it's for personal use for the women, mm. uh, this you still need to include you uh, any gold or silver. It wouldn't include uh, things like your own personal apartment and your own personal car, the tools of your trade, oh, yeah? things like that, because those are those are for those are for your personal use that you use on a daily basis to earn your living and to live your life. So those don't count. Oh. Yeah. Well, so once you add up all your assets and subtract all your liabilities, mm -hmm. then you have to figure out whether it's over the minimum amount. What's the minimum the, amount? And the min the minimum amount in Arabic is called uh, nisab, and that's uh, a certain. It's the the value of a certain amount of gold or silver. But right now we go with silver because uh, the value of silver is much uh, lower per uh, per gram or per ounce than gold. Uh, okay. Because if you go with if you go with gold, then the 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 monetary value of that amount of gold. Is uh, so high that uh, nobody would actually, well, very few people would actually have to pay zakah. Okay. Do, do, do you, you, yeah. you understand what I'm saying? Because very few people have that amount of so uh, savings in the bank. The zakah amount is the equivalent amount in gold, right? It's it's like a yeah. So it's gold. a certain amount of it's a certain amount of uh, grams or ounces of, of gold or a or or a certain amount of grams or ounces of silver. Silver, and they're using silver now because yeah. it's the price is more affordable for people, for the average layman, and the layman calculates exactly. The, so the, like the layman calculates the income for the year and then portions out an amount that's equal to the zakah amount in silver, and then distributes it and gives it out to like what? Where did where did they give it to? Uh, okay, no, I think uh, I didn't explain it very well, or you didn't get me. So, like, the nisab, the minimum amount, is like the the threshold level that you need to have um, for that you need to possess in savings for one entire lunar year. And if you want, if the if the if it's difficult to explain, then the easiest way to is if you go to a website called e-nisab.com, so e-nisab, N-I-S-A-B dot com, and that'll give you the, the, the nisab in terms of your uh, currency. You can get it historically uh, for all of the different currencies, or you can get it today, or you, you can even get it by, by the hour. I actually checked the website out, and uh, so I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. This is good. This is good. So uh, the 
today's gold misab is 14,171.94 dirhams. Yeah, and the silver nisab is 1,226.41 dirhams. Okay. Yeah. So, you, do you do you get why we why we would go with silver? Right. Yeah. It's it's a lot less. But then, what do you think that the, that that amount? Okay. So that's the minimum amount. Yeah. So you need to have. Uh, so I'll just just let me finish the explanation okay. here. So you have this minimum amount of 1,226.41 dirhams, and you have to have it for an entire year. Right. Okay. Yeah. If any, uh, uh, so any amount above that. Yeah, either at that amount or above that, if you have it for an entire year, on that amount you have to pay the zakah. Okay? Oh, wow. Okay. Okay? And the zakah for that amount is 2.5%. Oh. Okay? So if you have uh, 2,000 dirhams in your in savings, in, in total savings, yeah, after factoring all of your expenses and things like that, if you have 2,000 dirhams in savings, now you're over the nisab. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to pay two point five percent of that, which is uh, twenty forty uh, fifty fifty dirhams. Is that right? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fifty fifty dirhams because uh, one percent is twenty, so two percent is forty, and then point five is another ten, Some so fifty dirhams. Mats. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't know. I thought that there's a certain minimum savings amount. That's the yeah, so the, the nisab is your th threshold. Okay, if if any at any point during the year you go beyond below that threshold, mm. say for example I have two thousand dirhams in total savings for eleven months of the year, but the month before I plan to give my zakah, so for some reason it drops below one thousand two hundred and twenty-six. Okay, that means now the 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 count the the timer has uh, gone back to zero. Because I've fallen below the below the nisab, so I don't actually owe um, I don't actually owe the zakah anymore. I have to have that uh, uh, amount that's above the threshold for an entire year for it to be zakatable. So I think the sense in that is that it shows that you're stable in terms of your savings and your income is not fluctuating. Yeah, like ex exactly. Into a dangerous level, wherein like if you start paying zakah, you'll eat into the basic sort of survival your ability to survive in the world type of thing? No, not not necessarily. I don't know if that's the case. Well, uh, I mean, if, if, if you're not rich, if you don't, if you don't have the minimum, like, nisab amount in your as savings, right, that means that's considered the poverty line, right? No, the poverty line would be uh, for you having, like, uh, we'll discuss this in detail later, but for you to be considered poor, you need to have... Uh, uh, the you, you need to be sort of guaranteed your food for the day and nothing more. Like you need to have enough wealth to purchase your food for that particular day, your sustenance for that particular day, or your uh, fulfill all of your exp expenses for that particular day and mm -hmm. nothing more. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, that's when you considered poor. But the nisab, the nisab, the minimum threshold is much higher than that, right? For a lot of people. Right. 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 Yeah, because uh, uh, it will depend on the country, yeah? Yeah, but then it's, it kind of makes sense that, that you'd only be asked to pay zakah after you reach a certain level of savings, right? Yeah, it does make, it does make sense. So then it kind of allows you to sort of build a life at least, right, before you...
um, yeah, start, uh, like uh, paying like obligatory fees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in my case, if I, if we're just going by my uh, my monthly salary, I wouldn't technically have to pay any zakah because uh, by the time I cover all of my expenses and things like that. Uh, with rent and food and all the other expenses, then I'll be I'm actually under the uh, uh, under the nisab every almost every month, so I don't actually have to pay zakah. Okay. However, like if you have a provident fund at work, which yeah. is a savings account, yeah. After a few after a few months of you know your company uh, taking money out into that provident fund account, then you would be over the nisab and you would owe zakat on your providence fund. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah. So whatever that amount is, um, whatever that amount is in your providence fund, you would do 2.5% of that and pay that out. Okay, so technically with my severance, I should be paying 2.5% above the nisab amount, right? If you have that severance for an entire year. Oh, it's, so I have to wait for a year, kind of. Yeah, but I mean, did you pay did you pay zakah on your providence fund before? Uh, I didn't know that you had to pay on the providence. <laughs> nah, it's cool. What I what I did I when I didn't know until uh, well I knew but I totally forgot about it until until last year. So what I did was I went back through my providence fund rec records mm -hmm. and I figured out the month where my providence fund total went over the over the uh, the nisab. Which was like I believe, um, like three or four months after I started with uh, uh, with the company, and then from then on every year uh, I calculated two point five percent of that. So from the time I went over the nisab, mm -hmm. yeah, to the time I uh, 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 till one year down the line. I checked the balance one year down the line, yeah, and then I calculated two point five percent of that, and then the next year down the line, I calculated another two point five percent of the running total. Okay. Yeah, and then the, for the third year, again the same thing, two point five percent of the running total, until I got to the year where I actually figured it out. So, I, in that case, I have uh, two point five percent of a running total over um, five uh, five-ish years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that's how you would you would cover uh, the money that you owe on that particular on that particular savings amount um, uh, in zakah. Once you calculate the amount, who is it paid to? Okay, so there's eight categories uh, of zakatable individuals mentioned in the Quran. In one particular verse in the Quran, I won't uh, I won't mention the verse because I don't have it memorized. But the eight categories are uh, the poor, yeah. Directly the, to the poor. Yeah, the poor, the indigent, which is like a, a level higher than poor. Like they're, they're more poor than poor people. Yeah. The third category is the people who go around collecting zakah. And we'll explain all, what all of these categories mean. The fourth category is those people whose hearts you want to soften. The, f uh, the fifth category is to free slaves. Mm-hmm. The sixth category is uh, for uh, for the mujahideen. Whoa, no way! The people who are out in jihad. Uh, the seventh category is to uh, uh, relieve people of their debts, and the eighth category is to 
help out stranded uh, travelers who are out of money. So these are the these are the eight categories where you can give zakat to, and those are the only eight categories. Uh, if you give the zakat money to anybody else, or it would count as only sadaqa or charity. So uh, the the poor people, uh, as we ex we explained earlier, is those people who have enough wealth to uh, suffice for their needs for one day. Okay. Those are called the poor people. Yeah, they call yeah masakin, miskin. Masakin, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's this guy is miskin. The the indigent people uh, in Arabic is called fuqara, is where they don't even have enough wealth to know where their next meal is coming from. Right. Okay, and those two those two categories take priority over all other categories. Okay. Yeah, and the third category is the people who go around collecting zakah. So the zakah, collecting zakah is actually a state, uh, part of the state infra infrastructure. It's a responsibility of, of the state to make sure zakah is collected from every individual who has the, um, has the amount of wealth that's required. And they would appoint people to, uh, as, as zakah collectors. And those collectors are entitled to a share of the, uh, 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 to a share of the zakah after it's collected. No because way. Because it's, it's, it's. Yeah, it's a job that they're doing, and it's part of it's part of upholding the um, the obligation of zakah. Yeah, okay. and uh, the f the fourth category is uh, is people whose hearts you want to soften. So people whose faith needs strength strengthening, mm -hmm. like uh, new converts to Islam. A lot of the times, uh, uh, especially in places like Dubai, uh, the new converts are from the lower you know lower socio socio economic levels. So they'll be like laborers and things like that. Some of them have debt. Some of them have uh, um, issues with uh, salary and things like that. So you would, you would, they would be elig elig eligible for zakah in order to make their faith uh, stronger. And another category would be uh, children, who's uh, who's having issues with, um, uh, who might be having doubts about their faith. Yeah, you can pay, you can give them zakah in order to strengthen their faith. Wow, okay, yeah. Then, what's the next one? Freeing slaves. Now, like, we don't actually have, uh, well, I guess we do now these days, legit slaves, yeah? But it, it would come, uh, It would anything that would categorize as a form of slavery would, would come under this. So, uh, human trafficking, uh, sex trafficking, sweatshops, um, uh, people who are uh, indentured to landowners, yeah? And a lot of these things occur in the developing world, you know, like um, indentured farmers, yeah. like they, yeah, they don't actually own the land that they farm on, uh, but they, yeah, they, they farm that land and they give a percentage of their own earnings to, uh, to the landowner. Yeah, and that's like that might be an extortionate agreement, you know. So they, they have very little to survive on after after they actually pay the landowner the the rent or whatever. So those people are in a form of slavery. So those kinds of people, it's you can give you can give zakat to, and that would be in a in a way to you know relieve them of that situation that they're in. So okay. uh, paying money into uh, causes, I don't I don't know if you can pay it in directly into the cause, but uh, for the cause of uh, ending human trafficking or sex. Yeah, there's sex. organizations that handle that, right? So you you can. 
Exactly. As long as the money goes directly to the people. Difficult yeah? to know, though. Yeah, so, the, exactly. So, the you would have to have, um, uh, basically, you need to have a one-to-one -one transfer, a 100% transfer, no no amounts given for uh, for infrastructure or administrative cost. So, the organization would have to be structured in a way that it can manage itself without actually taking money from the zakah, because zakah only goes to people. You get what I'm saying? Okay, so that's interesting. That means like if there's an Islamic, Islamically organized charity, an Islamically organized charity would have a separate way of covering its administrative and infrastructure costs and yes. it would have a separate way from generating the money that it gives to the people and it uses to help people. Exactly. I'll give that's you an example. Actually. I didn't know that. I'll give you an example. There's a, there's a charity called Oma Welfare Trust. Okay. Uh, yeah. And they, uh, because there's different kinds of charity that you can give, they don't actually need to take money from the zakah. They actually fund their administrative costs and infrastructure through uh, uh, through a different uh, uh, through 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 charity itself. But it's it's not zakah. It's another. It's, 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 it's general. Okay. Yeah, it's general charity that that people give in. You can say, I want to give a certain amount of money to help pay for your administrative costs. And that's how they fund their uh, fund their activity, so it can be done. Okay. 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 So that's the where were we? The fifth category. The sixth category is uh, people who are out in jihad, and that's uh, the legitimate the le people who are legitimately out in, in jihad, not uh, any Tom, Dick, and Harry. Uh, that would also be, I guess, controlled by the state in order to make sure that that doesn't get abused. Mm -hmm. uh, some people say that. Uh, the armed forces and the uh, security uh, and police of a, of, a, of a nation might be entitled to zakah, but I'm not exactly sure uh, whether that whether that's 100% correct. I actually asked one of my teachers, um, and he said it was okay, but I, I wasn't too uh, comfortable with the answer. But in general, uh, mujahideen, even if they're wealthy, yeah, so he he's not actually a zakatable individual mm -hmm. in general. But he's out, you know, uh, fighting in the path of Allah. He's entitled to zakah. Yeah. So jihad in itself has two different layers, right? There's the external, internal struggle type of thing. Mm. So when when the rule says zakah can be given to somebody who's striving in the path of Allah, that does that mean also the inward jihad? No, no. Because when you have the word, uh, the actual word used in the ayah is fisabilillah in the path of Allah. When that word, or that phrase occurs without any additional qualification, mm -hmm. yeah, without any qualifiers, it means only it, it means actually only the fighting. Same with jihad. When you say when I say jihad without any qualifier, it means only the the, the external fighting aspect. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I ha if I were to say jihad of the soul, now I've added a qualifier. Mm -hmm. Or if I would have if I would say um, seeking knowledge, fisabilillah in the path of Allah. Now I've added a qualifier. You get what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. If I mention the word the word jihad or the phrase fisabilillah without any qualifier, that's referring to the actual fighting. So those people are entitled to zakah. Uh, paying off people's debts. Hmm. That's that's another big one because uh, uh, it's like the slavery thing. It's like giving people freedom type of thing, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, so they're entitled to zakah. Uh, freeing prisoners. 
which is a, a it's a communal obligation on Muslims. There, these uh, any initiative to do that is also entitled to zakah. And in the UAE, you can actually uh, pay off debts and free prisoners at the same time because there's a lot of people in 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 uh, in prisons who are in prison because of debts that they owe. Like so you can actually exactly. So you can pay off their debts and uh, get them out of prison, which fulfills you know both categories. That's crazy. Okay. And the final one is uh, travelers who are um, stranded or in need of in need of uh, funds or short short on funds. So those people are also entitled to zakah, and those are the only eight categories. Every other category, any other person that you want to give to, it'll only be uh, regular charity. Which is sadaqa. Yeah. Okay, that's dope, man. I mean, um, so then, like, in terms of, um, so you're like functioning with, within Kalima and like all the sort of community over here and stuff, right? What have you seen? Are there charities here that? Do their own? Do they handle zakah for people? Like, what's the programming? Um, I've seen there are three people who are actually authorized to collect. Okay. Uh, so the Islamic Affairs and Charitable Activities Department uh, of the government to, of Dubai is authorized to collect zakah. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, I need to double check that. I'm not sure if they are. So okay. we'll scratch that one. But okay, let's say two. Uh, there's one one uh, organization called Darul Bir. Okay. Yeah, they spell it in English D A R A L dash B E R Darul Bir Society. Okay. Yeah, and there's the other one is called Beitul Khair. Yeah. B A Y T of goodness. Yeah. Okay. Beitul. So those. Okay. Yeah, those two those those two organizations are legally um, allowed to. Uh, collect charity and distribute it on behalf of the donors. A lot of what I see, though, is people just giving that their charity individually. So they'll they'll get their uh, whatever charity or zakah it is. They'll find individuals by themselves uh, through their networks or through knowing these people themselves, and they'll you know distribute their zakah uh, personally to those people. Yeah, that's like mummy used to do that, right? She used to like go and give like. Do you know of companies like Islamic run companies that that involves uh, zakah and all these types of things in for their employees? Uh, like what do you mean? Have, have they created a structure wherein your salary gets put aside for a charity? You know what I mean? Like, can has there been like things like that? Because that seems like a very applicable idea in the Islamic. Religion, I. You know what I mean? I don't. Uh... I've never heard of them. I've never heard of them in this country. Maybe they are in other countries. I know in I know in countries like Pakistan, uh, the zakah is taken directly out of the bank account. Oh no! Way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's zakah. I'm gonna take that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a it's a it's an obligation uh, uh, on the state to have the infrastructure in place to take to collect zakah and distribute it. Because it's a it's a massive thing, right? You have people just giving money on their own. Like you, it, it it wouldn't be efficient or sustainable. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's no there's no structure in place to screen people who are actually worthy of zakah. You know, our own networks would be limited. You know, so we don't know exactly who to give to, whether they're legit, things right. like that. And you know, 
actually collecting the funds and distributing them accordingly to the relevant categories as well. Okay. Uh, all of that is, it requires the um, apparatus of the state. Mm -hmm. But I've never heard of uh, actual companies uh, doing that. Um, that's fine. I was just like a random thought. But yo, there was always this one story that interests me. There's like a story of during one of the caliphs, caliphs time, I don't know which one. There was no people that went hungry. Which one is that? That was uh, Amr ibn Abdul Aziz. So he was the fifth, uh, no, not the fifth. Yeah, he was not the fifth caliph, but they say he was the fifth rightly guided caliph. Okay. Uh, after the four rightly guided caliphs who were Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali, mm -hmm. they say that Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, who was uh, actual, uh, was actually the great, the great grandson of uh, Umar ibn Al-Khattab, yeah. uh, or the great great grandson, they say he was one of the, he was the fifth rightly guided caliph, and he was a, a, a really good statesman, so. He, he was so he was so good at his job basically that when it came time to uh, give the zakah out, there were no poor people to actually who were actually qualified to were actually zakatable individuals because he was running the the empire so well and everybody had enough wealth to uh, survive basically more than more than the you know zakatable um, threshold. That's interesting. Well, yo, nice one, man. Thanks for like running that down. Uh, that's basically what I wanted to get. Um, just to close off, man. What's the plan for iftar? What are you doing? Uh, we was gonna eat some some roast chicken. <laughs> well, it's my usual, man. It's like fruits, yogurt, then uh, dinner, chicken and rice, maybe. You lost any weight? My weight hasn't even gone down. Yeah, it, the same. It, if you're going to, if you're, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to the I gym would, though. After, after this thing, I'm going to the gym. Da, 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 but I'm at like 83 kgs, man. I need to be like 10 kgs less. Why? Why? 83 is it's overweight. It's overweight for my height. No way, dude. Yeah. I'm supposed to be have, 75 kgs. No, you have to count. You you have to count your the muscle that you have on your body if you're training. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way if you don't count. If you don't count the fact that you have more muscle mass, yeah. So for somebody your height, 85 kgs is totally fine if it's mostly muscle. I don't think it's. It doesn't feel mostly muscle. After eating mudfoon, it doesn't feel like there's mostly muscle happening. <laughs> no, man. But if you're in, if it's in Ramadan, that's the only way you're gonna get your calories, basically. You know. Otherwise, you're gonna be in a calorie deficit. Yeah, man, and I've been going to like bad moods. Exactly, like, you're in a, you're hormonal in a... fluctuations and stuff, apparently, right? Yeah, so I remember a couple of Ramadans ago where I was training and, and and doing the Ramadan. By the end of the month, I was in a really bad mood because I think I I was uh, in a severe caloric deficit plus training, so it affects your it affects your mood, you know? Right, man. Because man, after I come back from the gym, I'm just irritable, man, and I'm like, this was not there before. <laughs> Yeah, you need to eat. You need to eat more. Uh, eat more fat. Eat more calories in general. So like, really, don't huh? yeah, don't restrict what you're eating. Because I'm on like one meal, one meal a day type of situation. Because I don't oh, feel yeah. hungry afterwards. Yeah, I eat and then that's it. 
You need to get at least three. Jeez, man. Anyway, I'll sort it out. But yo, thanks. Thanks anyway. Veiled by the dreams of heaven, tantalizing aromas of Bahur and Futur, serenading palm trees, sheathed with golden lanterns to a Ramadan moon. In light of this holy month, the Dukan family would like to wish you a Ramadan Kareem. go back just for a minute and this is obviously men in, in a spirit of friend, friendliness uh, the question of the Muhammad uh, the Islamic religion and your future in that do you uh, the impression one gets is perhaps uh, it is loosening up a bit after the death of Elijah Muhammad so I'm a Wallace D Muhammad is on time he's teaching us it's not the color of the physical body that makes a man a devil God don't look at our colors minds hearts have no color God look at our minds and our actions and our deeds. So we have white Muslims, brown Muslims, red Muslims, yellow Muslims, all colors. So it's the color. So the big thing in the change now, we have white people who have accepted our faith and we now recognize all men as brothers and we look at them according to their works. Some blacks can do evil and white. So it's not the color. Now we look at the action. And you asked me another question. Why did I change? because uh, I was raised a Baptist. And after touring the world, uh, I found out that there are 600 million Muslims on the planet. And all religions are good. I wrote something once, it says rivers, lakes, and streams. They all have different names, but they all contain water. So does religions have different names, and they all contain God and the truth, only expressed in different ways, forms, and times. What Jesus taught was good. What Moses taught was right. What Buddha taught was right. What Christian taught was right. What Isaiah, Lot, Noah. God has always sent prophets to different people at different times with messages for those people, and people have decided to choose those prophets as their leader. Some follow Krishna. Some follow Buddha. Some follow Mohammed. Some follow Jesus, some follow whoever, but Moses, all of them are right. Jesus made a statement, I come not to destroy no law of the prophet, but to fulfill. All of God's prophets are right. You got to believe in all of them. So, if the person follow Buddha and do what Buddha said, they'll see God and believe it. If a person follow Krishna and live what he preached, he'll be good. If a person follow Moses and live like Moses preached, they follow Jesus, they follow Lot, any of the prophets. So I decided to take the Islamic path. The Christian path is a perfect religion if the people practice. Now you have two coats, give me one. I'm hungry, you feed me. Love your enemy. Pray for those who use you. Forgive. Give charity. Don't hate. Christianity is a perfect religion. It's the people who don't live the religion. The religion is good, but the people do things in the name of the religion. A lot of Muslims do things they shouldn't do. A lot of Protestants, a lot of Buddhists, a lot of Hindus live like they shouldn't live. But the religion itself, the religion is right, but the people who follow religion ain't so right. 
So I choose to follow the Islamic path because I've never saw so much love. I never saw so many people hugging each other, kissing each other, praying five times a day. The women in the long garments, the way they would eat. You can go to any country and say, Assalamu alaikum, alaikum assalam. You got a home, you got a brother. I chose the Islamic path because it connected me. As a Christian in America, I couldn't go to the white churches. Uh, as a Christian, uh, that was for those people. It did them good. It didn't do me good. Uh, I saw Jesus Christ. I saw a white man with blonde and blue eyes. I look at the Lord's suffering Christianity. I see all white people. You are Asiatic girl. I see a man behind you is dark. All the pictures are of angels are white. Why come we never go to heaven? Why come the Mexican don't go to heaven and fly around? Why the Puerto Rican? Every all the angels happen to be white angels. I look at Peter was white, Mary was white, Paul was white, God's son Jesus was white. Uh, everything was white. Tarzan, the king of the jungles, he was white. And the angel food cake was made white, and the devil food cake was chocolate. And if I threaten you, I'm gonna blackmail you. Black was always bad in the Western world. Uh, the black cat was the bad luck. Uh, if you get put out of a fraternity group, you get blackballed. Uh, black was always bad. So the only thing that made me feel good, the only thing that made me feel free, that connected me with Saudi Arabia, the Islamic religion, connected me with Pakistan, Morocco, Syria. I sat down with Colonel Gaddafi, had dinner in this palace, stayed overnight because of a Muslim. As a Christian, I never could sit with Christian leaders. As a Muslim, I sat with Sadat, I sat with President Nasser, um, uh, Marcos of the Philippines, Ayyub Khan of Pakistan before he died. I've been sent with kings of uh, Sheikh Zayed of Abu Dhabi. Kings and people of these nations have welcomed me as a brother, and I'm a citizen, and now in America, I'm respected by all colors and throughout the world as a Muslim. See, the name Mohammed is the most common name in the world. There are more Mohammeds on the planet. There are four billion people on earth, and every third person is a Muslim. So for me, I'm not condemning no other religion, but for me, being a world figure, John taking the name Muhammad Ali, which is the name of my people for the brother of America, accepting the Islamic religion, it was better for me. Where another person, Shintoism, Buddhism, uh, 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 Christianity, Baptist, Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, that might fit another man. But you can choose any religion you want. If you believe it, you'll see God because all of them are good. So I chose the Islamic religion. That's why I chose Muhammad. Now, after I'm through boxing, I would like to be a minister. Don't you think I preach pretty good? Very good. Don't I make it plain? Yes. Don't you understand now? You asked me, you asked me some pretty, you asked me some pretty tough questions, but didn't I make a lot of sense? I didn't, I didn't make the Christians hate me. I didn't make the Protestants hate me. I didn't make the Catholics hate me. I told you the truth. I said all of them are good if they live it. It's just the people who don't live it. You can continue the conversation with the guys at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud at Dukan Show. Subscribe to the show on your iTunes and Stitcher to stay up to date. And if you like what you hear, give it a rating. Dukan is hosted by OT, Irshad, and Toothless. You can also reach them on their personal social media profiles at OT Official and at Irshad underscore INI. And you can also reach Toothless at SoundCloud.com slash Firas dash Ibrahim. Salam. Salam.